0: Good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. I hope you're doing well this morning. I'm so glad that you guys are here. For those of you who are here in the house, thank you so much for being a part. I want to uh, welcome those who are joining us on Backstage Patio. Thank you guys for joining us and for those who are joining online. Thank you guys so much for joining online as well. Uh, we, uh, we have just, I just want to take a, a second to say this. Uh, we as a church made the kind of strategic decision to continue our web streaming for people who, you know, may still need it for whatever reason. And uh, it's something that we are committed to. And we have people from all over the world um, that tune in and join in uh, via that, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or whatever, however they're watching. Or uh, And uh, we have people in Nairobi, Kenya. We have people in India. Uh, we have people in Alaska who are watching. And so, uh, plus, Yeah, we have people here who are watching. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for those of you who are watching online. Why don't we give it up for our online audience? Thank you guys so much for being a part. We're in week two of our series called These Three Remain. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Paul, the Apostle Paul, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, says this. And he writes this to the church there in Corinth. He says, and now these three remain. And you can say these with me if you're here in the house. Faith, hope, and love. And this greatest of these is love. And I've always wondered why does Paul take these virtues, these three virtues, and vault them above the rest? Why does he take faith and hope and love and take those and promote them above all the other virtues? Last week, we talked about faith. This deep, abiding faith. This faith that we have for eternity. And that is really what Paul is trying to say to us and he says to the church there in Corinth and he's saying to us now is is that when life is all over, you can't take it with you, but you are going to take your faith and hope and love. These three remain. That word remain is a word that means permanence. We talked about that last week. Next week, we're going to talk about the word agape, which is the word love. But this week, we're talking about hope. We're talking about hope. And the Greek word that Paul uses there is a word elpis, which means elpis, which means to, to hang on to something, to, to put your your hope for the future in something that is strong and won't be defeated. And I gotta tell you, over the last 18 months, we have had a crash course in trying to find hope in a hopeless world. Have we not? Isn't that true? We have learned, like, if you you had told me or if I had told you that this thing on March 15th, 2020, that this thing called COVID, I don't even think we were calling it COVID back then. It was coronavirus back then. On March 15th, our our elders and our leadership team stood up here and we prayed for our world. And and, and if you had asked me at that time, on that day, like, how long do you think it's going to last? I would have said two weeks. In fact, I think I even said that to people. It's going to be two weeks and we'll be done with this. This is why I don't play the lottery. This is why I don't bet. (laughs) We have had a crash course in hopelessness. In seeking after something that we can grasp onto in terms of hope, because our world, let's face it, it's been discouraging for the last year and a half. And it's interesting because Paul vaults these three words, he promotes these three words above all others because those are things that we are going to take into eternity. There's a permanence, that's what the word remain means in the original language, a permanence to these three things, faith and hope and love. But hope is hard to come by. Hope is hard to come by. It's hard to find, and it's especially hard to find in our world and in our culture because our, our world seemingly has been turned upside down. And, and here's the thing, church and Christ follower, we, don't, we as humans, we don't do really well to have hope in the first place, do we? I mean, it's our kind of natural inclination as humans, generally speaking, to have our soul's tendency to lean towards hopelessness. And that's just a result of of sin. It's a result of what happened in, in the Garden of Eden. It's a result of just us being imperfect. We lean towards hopelessness. As humans, we're glass half empty when it comes to hope. We're glass half empty. That's our natural tendency. It's kind of how we lean. And the problem is, is that our lives and our world and our relationships and our money or lack thereof or our, like, being able to find solutions or not being able to find solutions to the problems that we face at work and in our homes and in our neighborhoods and students in your schools, all of those things are just fuel to the fire of the hopelessness that we have in life. It's our natural tendency. And oh my goodness, what has happened over the last year and a half has been a huge amount of fuel to that fire. Have you had times over the last year and a half where you felt hopeless? I know I have. I'm very willing to admit over the last year and a half, I've had moments where I just was hopeless about the future. I I love uh, people. I I like human interaction. That, what we did back at the beginning of 2020, was not good for a guy like me. I missed you all. I missed my family. I missed, my my family's just been in town. My, My dad and sister and her family, they've been in town for the last week or so, and they left yesterday. Before that, it was like, it was a long time, since we saw them. In fact, my dad, we saw him in May, uh, and then we saw him again last week, and before that, it had been prior to COVID. It was a long time. And I'm sure they left last night thinking that a week was a long time being together (laughs) again. (laughs) Hope. It's hard to find. It's hard to find. It's hard to find because of the human condition. But I want you to hear this, church. I want you to hear this, Christ follower. You are not alone in the search for hope. You're not alone in the struggle to find it, even if your faith is deep and abiding in Jesus Christ. You may have moments where you really struggle to find hope, and it's okay to say that that's okay. But it's not okay to stay there we have a better way. We have one who can give us hope in the midst of the most hopeless circumstance we could ever imagine. Even the man who is called a man after God's own heart struggled to find hope in our world. Check this out in Psalm chapter 42, uh, 42 verse 5. He says this. I love when David is just crying out and just being honest. He says, why are you downcast, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? And then David says, hope in God. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him my salvation. I love it when David talks out loud to himself in in what he's writing. I love that. It makes me feel not so weird because there are sometimes I have to have a talk with myself. Any of you ever had a talk with yourself? See, I figure if I don't have a talk with myself, someone's going to have a talk with me, so I might as well be the one to do it. And there was a moment in time over the last year and a half when I read that verse, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to picture David in his circumstance. Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? And my answer to myself was, why am I cast down? Because there's a pandemic, <laughs> and it stinks. Life stinks. That's why I'm downcast. That's why I'm cast down. David in Psalm 73, verse 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail. But God, listen, I want you to hear this. He is the strength of my heart, he says, and my portion forever. He admits that his, his heart is going to fail, his flesh is going to fail, but God is his strength forever. The admission of a man who is a man who the Bible says is after God's own heart, admitting that his flesh and his heart may fail, just that in itself helps me out. I don't know about you. To realize I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. Hope is hard to find an even harder in our day. Even harder over the last year and a half. I'll just give you two stats. The U.S. Census Bureau found out in June of 2020, post-quarantine, but still in the middle of the pandemic, that 48% of all Americans felt down or depressed or hopeless shortly after the quarantine. I bet now it's a lot higher than 48%, don't you think? That was in June of last year. There was another study released by the CDC that suggested that one in four adults age 18 to 24 have considered suicide. And then according to a recent study released by Harvard Youth Poll, of uh, uh, 2,500 Americans age 18 to 29, 51% of them said that at least several days in the previous two weeks, they had felt down or depressed and hopeless. So listen. Some of you are like, this is a great message on hope on Sunday morning. It is so hopeless, Todd. Come on. (laughs) We're about ready to turn the corner. But I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know, first and foremost, that you are not alone. But I want you to know, secondly, that there is a reason There is one who we can put our hope in. There is reason that regardless of what you're going through personally, I mean, we've been so focused on COVID, sometimes we forget about the personal junk that we're going through, the personal trials that we're going through, don't we? Forgot about some of that. Maybe that's good. I doubt it. (laughs) You're not alone, but secondly, I want you to know that there is a reason to have hope for the future reason why Paul vaulted this one above all the others, these three above all the others, it's why hope is one of the three things that remains. But if I'm honest with you, this was a very difficult message for me to write because I've had some down days over the last 18 months. See, when I turned 40, uh, and that was a long time ago now, when I turned 40, <laughs> um, I had something that happened in my life that I didn't expect, and that is is for the first time in my life, I realized that I sometimes struggle with depression. I do. Some of you are like, great, my pastor has depression. It hits all of us. And for those of you who have a deep abiding faith and you would consider yourself a mature, strong Christian, your faith is deep in Jesus and you know God's word, I I want you to be careful to not have the tendency to think that you won't deal with it because it completely caught me off guard at 40 years old. It just did. And I'm so thankful that I've got the people in my life and help in my life. And we're having a whole series coming up in August about what the Bible says about mental health because it says a lot about mental health. We're going to be talking about that. And maybe today we're kind of ripping the Band-Aid off because we're talking about hope in a very hopeless world. But I want you to know that part of the reason that you and I struggle even as Christ followers or wherever you are on that faith spectrum, part of the reason is is that we put our hope in things that are insufficient and inadequate. See, hope becomes itself insufficient when the source of our hope is inadequate. And the problem is, is that we go to those things that feel good for a moment, but they're, they don't last. Every study in the world says that uh, addiction, specifically drug and alcohol addiction, is through the roof post-COVID. Makes sense, doesn't it? But there's something else that we can go to. Some of you go to certain things. You go to certain people. You go go to certain places in your life where you're dying and desperate for hope. And so I want to begin, as we kind of turn the corner on this like terribly hopeless message, that turn the corner on looking at God, the Father, and and His Son, Jesus, in whom we can place the hope. I, I want to ask you a question, and be honest with yourself Be honest with God, he knows anyway. What is the source of your hope? What is the source of your hope? Just be honest for a second with God. What is the thing that you turn to? What is the thing that you turn to every time, you know, things get difficult? What's the thing or person or system or philosophy that you turn to when you feel hopeless? What is the source of your hope? Because I believe that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about the source of our hope. Why am I downcast? Oh, my soul, why am I downcast? That's what what David said. It's a great question for us to ask. Why am I downcast? Where is the source of your hope? You see, it's easy for me to get up here and to tell you as a pastor that God should be the source of our hope because that's the answer I'm supposed to give you, right? But I want to show you more why that's the case and how to develop a deeper hope. Not just faith, that was last week, but a hope in God. Now Jesus talks about this in this message that he gives to his followers in Matthew chapter 7. And I want you to see this in verses 24 through 27. Jesus says this, Now, check this out. Now, some of you know this passage really well. Others of you may be unfamiliar with it, but he says this in verse 24. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine, he's just preached this message called the Sermon on the Mount, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the what? On the rock, right? And the rain fell. And the floods came up, and the winds blew and beat on that house. I could sing the song I learned in Sunday school a long time ago, but I'm not going to bore you or give you that painful experience. The winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone, Jesus says in verse 26, who hears these words of mine and does not do them, Will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of that house. We've had the wind and we've had the flood. We have had the storm. And for some of you, your faith and your hope and you know, whatever it is was built on something that was sand and not the rock. And I want to encourage you wherever you are in your faith walk to consider that God is the rock that our hope should be built upon. He is the one thing that can sustain us through the most Hopeless situation in life. He's the one that if you cling to, if you hold on to him, he will see you through. And the question is, how? How? And I want to leave you today with three easy ways. These are simple. In fact, some of you may think it's overly simplified. Simplified. And I'm cool with that because I don't know about you. I'm kind of sick of the complexity of our world over the last year and a half. I need something simple to hold on to. And Christ follower, you may be strong in your faith, but just hold on to these things because you never know when that hopeless situation may hit you. You may never know when that phone call is going to come. It'll surprise you, I promise. But we don't have to lose hope because of God. How do we hang on to the rock how do we put our hope in God first and foremost stay close to him stay close to God stay close to him some of you may may be saying but Todd I don't even know him then my challenge to you is draw close to him get close to him get to know him I'm going to give you a chance to do that at the end of this message but if I'm really honest with you, the times that I've had in my life where I've faced the darkness, of a lack of hope, or hope that is beginning to fall apart, it's because I have drawn away from God. That's our tendency as humans, is to draw away from God. Jeremiah 29, I want you to see this, verses 12 through 14. Jeremiah, is speaking God's message to the nation of Israel, which is appropriate for us today, even in 2021, in verses 12 through 14, says this, Then you will call upon me, then you will call upon me, and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Some of you need to hear today, right now, I want you to hear this, some of you need to hear that God hears you that he is listening. He is listening. He is listening. The whole world around you may not be listening, but he is listening. You seek me, and you will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Those of you who are strong in your faith, those of you who are Christ followers and been for a long time, maybe it's not that your hope has diminished in God, but you're not really seeking Him with all of your heart, with that passion to get to know Him. Maybe that's what needs to change. Maybe you're not putting your whole effort into seeking him out verse 14 I will be found by you declares the Lord and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you declares the Lord and I will bring you back from the place which I sent you into exile I don't know about you but March through May of 2020 felt a little bit like exile didn't it I mean, some of you are introverted. You liked it. (laughs) I get that. That's fine. But man, I felt like I was exiled. And all the craziness and complicated and confusing parts of our world, it feels like exile. And God is saying to you, wherever you are, whatever thing that you have in your life that seems hopeless, he's waiting for you to draw close to him and to stay close to him. How do we get back to that place or how do we establish that place where we have our hope in God? Stay close to God, first and foremost. Secondly, welcome God's change in us. Welcome God's change in us. You see, here's, here's the harder part of this, right? Like staying close to God, maybe you know, because of the distractions of the day and you know, all that kind of stuff, that may be difficult, but this part is, is a little more difficult. This is where we're going to have to dig deeper, because here's, here's the facts, church. When we stay close to God, when we get to know Him, when we call upon Him, when we pray to Him, at some point in time, God just might reveal something about you He might reveal something about me that actually needs to change. And we need to be open to the fact that it needs to change. And that God may call us to change. See, in the midst of our hopeless situation, what we want to do is we want to cry out to God and say, God, take me out of this. Give me hope and do it in a way that It says to everybody else, you're at fault for the hopelessness that I have. You're the reason why. This circumstance is the reason why. And once all of that is done, God, then come and talk to me about me. We don't want to change ourselves. We don't welcome God's change. You see, we desire hope, but not desperately enough to change ourselves. And this man, David, who was a man after God's own heart, who was a man that people looked up to, and he was king, yet he was shepherd, and yet he was was a man that was close to God's heart, but he was severely flawed. When he is presented with his day of darkness and hopeless circumstances, he has to realize and he has to come to the realization that his time of hopelessness, he... Himself created. And he's made aware of it and he writes these words in Psalm 51, 10 through 12. He says, create in me a clean heart. He's realized that his hopeless situation actually has to do with decisions that he made. I mean, this man looked out onto Jerusalem and and saw a, a woman and had her brought to him and committed adultery with her. But then he took it one more step and he had her husband sent to the front line of the battlefield. And what did he commit? Murder. As he died on the battlefield. Make a pretty good reality show today. And David is faced with his own sin and his own life and the fact that his hopeless situation was something that was of his own creation. And he says, rather than pointing the fingers around, him. He says, create in me. God created me a clean heart. And he says, renew a right spirit within me. He says, cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore, he says to me, the joy of my salvation. And uphold me with a willing spirit. He just opens himself up to God and says, I welcome change, I welcome your change. Because you realized that to find hope, that God had revealed the things in his life that were causing hopelessness. Maybe you're this close to a renewed hope. And for you, all it is is welcoming God's change in your life. Thirdly, how do, we, how do we put our faith, how do we put our hope in the rock? The last thing here is simply to expect God's goodness. See, I think we spend so much time learning what it's like to put our hope in things that are inadequate and insufficient, and so we expect it to last for a little while and then be gone. So then when we have this revelation and we begin to put our hope in the one who can sustain us, we're skeptical. We don't expect his goodness. And this is not about a health, wealth, prosperity, theology message. I want you to hear that. This is about expecting God to do good things once you've stayed close to him or gotten close to him, and once you've been welcoming of his change in your life, then we have to expect him to do the good thing. To restore that hope. David writes in Psalm 34, 8, "O taste and see, O taste and see, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And he says, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. God will bless you if you take refuge in him. Paul, the apostle Paul that wrote 1 Corinthians 13, he also wrote Romans eight twenty-eight, inspired by God's Holy Spirit. He says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. To those who are called according to his purpose, expect God's goodness. John Piper said, biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, it expects it to happen. It expects it to happen. You see, I think that Paul, in writing these three remain, faith and hope and love, I think what he's saying to us is that it is time for us, wherever we are on the spiritual spectrum, to check the source of, of our hope. So as we close today, I want to wrap back around to that question. What is the source of your hope? What is the source of your hope? Is God truly the source of your hope, or have you allowed other things to come in and replace him for your source of hope? There's a great song that we sing. I believe we sang it last week. You're probably familiar with it. It's by Hillsong. It's called Cornerstone. And that song was inspired by an old hymn that was written by a man named Edward Mott. And Edward Mott was a pastor and he wrote hymns. He didn't start writing them until he was 50. Maybe there's hope for me on that. (laughs) He wrote hymns and poems, but his greatest work was this hymn called My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. inspired the song that we sing today, Cornerstone from Hillsong. And I want to read you two of the verses, and I want to read you the refrain. And as we do, as we close here, I want you to think about, and I want you to allow God's Holy Spirit to to allow these words to sink into your soul. He writes this. Some of you know the song. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it either. He writes this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. Sinking sand. Second verse says, In every rough and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil on this side of heaven. When all around my soul gives way, he then is my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. What is your source of hope in troubled times? See, if God is the source of our hope, we can expect the good things to happen. My prayer is that you and I would be faithful to putting our hope in the rock, the one that can sustain us, the one that can breathe life into that hope for the future, even though the storms of life maybe spinning all around us, (laughs) we will be faithful because our hope is in the rock and nothing else. Father God, I thank you so much that you are the rock on which we can place our hope. Father, I thank you so much that we have you one to hold on to who is steady, who is unchanging, and that has so, built so much confidence with our faith as we talked about last week. But Father, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus that you would be with us, myself included. And when we have these moments, when we have these seasons, when we have these chapters of our life, when circumstances and situations aren't what we expect them to be. Or maybe our life and our lives haven't exactly turned out the way that we thought. Father, I admit, I'm the first one to admit that there are times when I let my hope slip away from the rock and I begin to look to other things to place it in. Father, I I struggle with it all the time. And Father, I pray that you would allow those who are listening right now, some who are in this room, some who are listening online, some who are on the backstage patio, who may, right now, their hope is slipping. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead them right now, in this moment, to renew their hope in you. That they would reaffirm that they are are placing their hope in you who is the rock. And Father, because of that, I pray that you would give them confidence about the future. Father, help them to stay close to you. Help them to welcome your change in their life. Help me to do those things. And Father, help us to expect that you are going to deliver good for us. God, I pray right now for those who may be desperate, in their lives. They may be desperate. It's not just a little slip of hope, but COVID and our world and all the things that we have seen over the past 18 months has been wildly discouraging. It goes way beyond discouragement, and it's depressing, and it goes way beyond depression, and it's it's just it's just outright miserable, and we are despondent. Father, I pray for those who are listening to my voice, who may be in those desperate, despondent situations. Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would speak peace to them. Peace right now to them. Peace to them. Help them to hang on to you, the rock. Father, I pray for those who have never put their faith in you. They've never put their hope in you. They don't know you yet as their Savior, Father, in the strong name of Jesus. I pray that your Holy Spirit would reach them right now. Now that whatever they have tried to put their faith and their hope in from the past, is just not working. I pray that they would, in, in their spiritual desperation, cry out to you. And if you're listening online or you're back in the backstage patio or here in the house today, I, I want to invite you to put your eternal hope in God's son, Jesus. That's the first step. That's the first way that you can draw close to him and stay close to him is by accepting him as your savior. God sent his son, Jesus, into this world to die a brutal death, giving us forgiveness of sin, that thing that keeps us from God. And he rose three days later, defeating death, which gives us eternal life. The only thing we have to do is we have to put our faith in him. And I want to invite you to do that right now if you've never done that before. I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. I just want to invite you to pray it silently wherever you are. If it's genuine, God will hear it. And it's a prayer that goes something like this God, thank you for bringing me to this place today. And something has happened over these last few minutes, or in the songs that we sang earlier in the conversation I had just a few minutes ago. You're doing something in my life. And right now, I recognize that my sin separates me from you. And right now, I choose to trust you, Jesus, to be my Savior. Help me now to live for you just in the quietness of this room. If you prayed that prayer, I'd just love for you just to look up at me just for a moment, I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Awesome. awesome. Anyone else, just look up at me. Simply look up at me. If you're online, I want to encourage you to reach out to us somehow. Awesome. awesome. Father, I thank you for those who made the decision to put their faith in you today, to put their hope for eternity in you. God, it's the best decision. It's it's their only decision for eternity and today was their day of salvation. I thank you for that so much. And Father, I pray that you would help them to grow in their faith, to find a, a group of people that they can grow with and to stay close to you and your word. Father, I pray for each one of us who may be struggling with hope, Father, may our declaration be that you are our living hope. May we live our lives every day with this in mind, that you are the one that came to give us true and living hope. And we thank you for that. And right now, we declare that you are the one who is our living hope. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, amen.